You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. How y'all doing out there? Man, there's I'll, before we get into today's episode, I just want to talk about this for a second. There's nothing like routine. I mean, seriously, I'm in the middle of, of a little journey right now. So Megan and I, we have decided to leave Chicago, rent out our condo, and for a full year, travel to different cities that we are finding interesting, that we could maybe live in one day. So right now I'm in Nashville. I'll be here till the end of the year. And then we're going to go to Tulum, Mexico, not a place that we'd want to live long-term, but just for fun, go there for two months and be able to work from there. And then go to Austin for a few months, and then who knows? And it was just for a few weeks that I was packing and moving and staying at different places until I got to the Airbnb, and I was just out of whack and wasn't taking my supplements I wasn't taking my green drink that I take every day. And I don't know if it's placebo. And hell, maybe it is. But I'll just say in that time, I just wasn't feeling 100%. But I should also mention that when you're moving, when you're packing, when you're shuffling, there's also little stresses and things that come about. So of course, you're not going to feel 100%. But now that I'm in the routine, taking my supplements every morning and getting back into just more physical activity, I just feel like a million bucks. So I wonder where you feel you need to tighten up your routine. Are there any places in your life where you feel you can add something so you can be a little healthier, a little stronger, a little more confident? It took me several months to get to this routine. I have my skincare routine down. That took me about three to four months And you know that you have a habit, you know, you've built a habit when the thing that you're trying to do one day, you kind of don't do and you feel like there's a loss, like there's a gap. So for example, not being in my routine with my skincare, with my supplements, like I felt like there was a loss. You don't feel that in the beginning because it's not part of your habit, not part of your routine. It's kind of like, oh, you, you, you're more feeling the process when you're doing it. Now it's like when it's a habit, you more feel the process when you're not doing it. There's a lack. That's a good point to get to. That's a good point to get to. If you're feeling like, oh my God, I didn't do the thing. And it makes you feel so shitty because you're not doing it. Whatever that thing is, that's part of your habit. You're in a good place. But you got to be careful because it's a slippery slope. It could be very easy to fall out of the habit that you've created that you wanted to do. Anyway, something to think about. Just wanted to give you some of those updates. Now, on today's episode, we are talking to Coach Eric. He is one of the coaches here at Trip Advice, and he is bringing us some great information. If you don't know already, Eric has been working with Trip Advice for about a year, maybe a year, a little over a year. And he really specializes, well, he specializes in everything, meeting women in person and online. But 
because online has become so prevalent these days, he has a lot of great knowledge and he's done a lot of studying and he still studies and he still finds all these new ways to explain things in terms of how to have a better profile and pictures. And I think the last episode we did together was all about how to look out for those scams, people scamming you on the online dating apps. And so today we're talking about what he calls generic terms or generic phrases that guys tend to put in their profile. So these are phrases where women will read them and it won't trigger any sort of emotion, nor will it trigger any sort of interest. So today's title is about you're repelling women by putting this in your dating profile, and it's these generic terms, phrases, sentences, and words. And we're going to dive really deep into that. We're going to talk about examples of what that looks like and then how to fix it so you have a dating profile that is more interesting, that is not what I call white noise, and that gets the attention and grabs the eyeballs of the woman who is reading your profile. Now, we also do this for you in our coaching program, so you can work with a certified TripAdvice coach, and we will help you with your dating profile. We will tell you exactly what to put in there. We will tell you exactly what photos to use. We help you find a photographer. We help you also, of course, with approaching women, talking to them in person, getting their number. You know what, I'm gonna pull up literally a one of the TripAdvice coaches here. We have another coach, his name is Jamal. So he sent me over this testimonial, or I guess not even a testimonial, just a text message from one of his clients. That said, just finished up with a great first date. The stuff we went over on Wednesday was magic. Ended with multiple kisses. Quite nice too. Thanks, man. So whether you're working with me, Jamal, or Eric, we will help you. We will get you results. Go to coachedbytrip.com and apply today so we can work with you, get you the help you need, and make sure that you're having a dating life where you have lots of options. I know that as a guy myself, We want options. We want control, meaning we don't want to just have to settle for any woman, but we want a woman who's going to be amazing. So how do we find that? How do we get that? Well, you need to work on all the things to make yourself more attractive, put in the right mindsets, and then also, full circle here, have the right habits. We teach you that in the Coached by Trip program. Go to coachedbytrip.com. All right, let's dive in today with Eric talking about the generic things you put on your profile and how to fix that so you get more matches. Coach Eric, what's up, man? Hey, Trip, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. Good to have you back on the podcast as we've been doing at about once a month rate. Is this number three or number four? I can't even remember. This is number four now. This is number four. Wow. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, no, I've been I've been hearing good things. A lot of people who I, I talk to who are interested in coaching, they tell me that they listen to the episodes with you and they seem to like it. I think one of the reasons why is because we give them a lot of really good practical advice and good information for them to to use so they can make the changes that they need to to be more attractive. So 
We're doing that today. Tell us what we're talking about. Today, I'm going to talk about a phenomena that I, I see quite a bit. The word I use for this is generic trait. And I think there might be some other terminology in there that other coaches use um, that other people refer to. Okay, but this mostly applies to profiles. It will also impact your conversational abilities as you go on dates, as you talk to women. I'm principally referring to it in the context of the profile right now. And perhaps that's just because that's the visual that I get from a lot of the clients. They're sending me their profiles. It's very easy for me to read and to see just how frequently this is occurring. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, uh, something I wanted to also mention. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember back in like 2016, 2017, there was a bunch of articles that came out that talked about the words that would gain the most attention on dating profiles. Does this ring a bell at all? Um, I might not be familiar with that one. What was that referencing exactly? Okay. So I just looked it up because I remember I taught some of this and now I don't think it's bad to use some of these words, but I'm also not a hundred percent sold on it. So what it is, is there was just some studies that were done from eHarmony that talked about the words that you must use on your dating profile to get attention. Okay. So let me give you some examples. So this is just funny because this doesn't make any sense to me, but it says the top 10 words women should include in their online dating profile in 2016. Coming in at number one is ambitious. Number two, perceptive. Number three, sweet. Number four, hardworking. Number five, thoughtful. Six, physically fit. Seven, creative. Eight, rational. And nine, spontaneous. So that's interesting because I, I, I would not think that ambitious would be the word for a woman to use that would make a man more attracted. I don't really normally hear a lot of guys say that they're looking for an ambitious woman. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. But usually it's something along the lines of physically fit or sweet or something. And then here, I'll give you the top 10 words. It says top 10 words men should include in their online dating profile in 2016. Number one, physically fit. Number two, perceptive. Three, spontaneous. Four, outgoing. Five, optimistic. Six, intelligent. Seven, passionate. Eight, affectionate. Nine, articulate. Ten, ambitious. Again, that just blows my mind. And then it says, the top five words not to include in your dating profile for women. One, spirit. Or maybe, am I reading this correctly? I think I am. Top five words not to include in your dating profile for women. Does that mean for women or does that mean for a guy? Does this make sense? Maybe I'm reading this all backwards. What are, what are the words? Maybe that'll. Because now I'm thinking like this is probably top 10 words men should include in their online dating profile. So yeah, this seems backwards, but um, it says top five words not to include in your dating profile for women. One, spiritual, two, quiet, three, dependable, four, articulate, five, good listener. 
And then it says, oh, I think I am reading this backwards. This article is written very strange. It says, top five words not to include in your dating profile for men. I think they mean like not to include for men to see it. I don't know. Again, the point is, is I'm not trying to teach this right now, but it was just interesting to see how much words have an effect. Obviously, I believe your pictures are the most in terms of what gives the most effect to what's going to get a woman to swipe on you or say yes on you, but the words do make a big difference. So yeah, let's, let's talk more about some of those generic words that you're talking about. Yeah. And, and that's an interesting study, by the way, it's, it's as a trained researcher, it's really hard for me to comment on that stuff without knowing the exact parameters, because a lot of the times those are, just misquoted or they don't go over the totally. limitations of the research. And to me, I have to, we, we sometimes might, I might refer to this as what I would call a, so what study. Okay. They've given us this result and I still say, so what the profile, what do you want to do with the profile? You really don't want it being more than a few sentences long. So you've got the top 10 words supposedly, right? But you're only writing so many words to begin with. What are we actually supposed to do with this list? And for people who included those words, okay, maybe they're getting 90% of the attention, but for, you know, the next 11 or 12 or 13 words is the difference simply 89%, right? It it may not have a very practical impact. And that's the sort of thing that this article probably doesn't highlight, right? So you, you really have to look at the exact parameters. I noticed though, as you were going over those sets of words, they sounded very similar, spontaneous, that kind of ambitious. These are in fact generic traits, what I want to talk about more. Ah, okay, cool, cool. (laughs) And why they're problematic, okay? There's going to be three different facets to this here. Because I, of course, when I'm coaching clients, I really need them to understand, right? How to avoid this very pervasive problem. A lot of your audience right now are using generic traits, things I'm about to talk about. In fact, the majority of them are. Okay, it's practically default now. So let's stem that a little bit, okay? So a, a generic trait, simply put, is a quality, something that you state that universally applies to anyone, to any given person, or at least 95% of people, right? I don't know what eHarmony was doing there with that study, but it's 2022 right now. And a lot of people are in dating apps. The online dating process, some would argue is just completely disposable to the matches, the connections you make. So standing out has become more important than ever. Too much use of these generic traits, of course, does not help you to stand out. And that's what really hurts. Yeah. I like to call it white noise. White noise. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So white. the result from the generic traits is white noise. What's white noise? It's something that you're not paying attention to. It's background. It's mm. something that is easy to just pass over, right? It's like, oh, white noise. Heard that before. Seen that before. It doesn't trigger anything. Right. That's right. And on that note, I do teach my clients, you have to assume that any female viewer looking at your profile is only spending five to 10 seconds on that. And and that might even be generous. It may be even less. They're, they're skimming really through profiles because they have thousands more to look at. 
In fact, a lot of women have to turn off their notifications for the apps because they're constantly getting bombarded. Here's your new like, or here's the message this guy wrote to you. It's a matter of information organization, really. She just has too much to do, too many profiles to look at. She has to be effective. So you can bet for the most part, she is skimming your profile, right? And a lot of the, I guess what you'd call white noise just gets glossed over because everyone has that same white noise. Everyone has the generic traits. And if it doesn't stand out, she's simply not going to absorb it. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Um, Sometimes what I tell clients is that uh, imagine if you woke up one morning and you had 200 new emails in your inbox, okay? And you've got your workday, you're busy. What are you going to do with 200 emails? Well, probably what you're going to do is you're going to immediately eliminate the ones you obviously don't need, the spam, the marketing emails. They're pretty quick to identify with yep. the subjects. So, you know, you, you cut that down to 50, right? And then you kind of browse through that next 50 and you think, okay, what's important here? How do I cut this down even more? Maybe you identified some ones from friends or family, but they're not urgent, right? You can read them later. And what you're looking for are the ones that require your media attention or they're going to stand out the most, something related to an upcoming work task, right, for the day. And dating profile, the, the process of women looking through these profiles is very similar because they're just inundated with new likes and new messages. So we have to find out what here actually makes you stand out, right? And how is that going to grab her attention? So when your profile looks the same as every other profile, kind of like if your email just gets lost in a sea of emails, you're not grabbing her attention to begin with, right? She's paying you no due there. Right. Wait noise. Nothing's, yeah, nothing, white noise. nothing's getting through. That's right. Right. And that's the danger of generic traits here. Nothing's getting through because she has literally um, by the month, depending where you live, thousands of other profiles that are all talking about these same generic traits. So I'll tell you some of the more common ones that I see. We can discuss this a little bit. Generic or perhaps universal traits here. That, that's the first facet is that they're universal or they apply to probably at least 95% of people. And therefore, they're completely uninteresting because it's default, it's assumed. So trying new restaurants is a really big one. That I <laughs> These are all going to make me laugh. I just know it. That's great. Do you see that one a lot, Trip? No, I, I, it's not that I see it. It just, it just clicks so fast. You know, it's like, of course, that's who doesn't, you know what I mean? Like who, who doesn't like to try a new restaurant? I can't imagine that. I'd say probably 95% of people on earth would like to try a new restaurant. Yeah. And, and that's the question who doesn't, right? You can assume it applies to just about everyone. I know a couple of senior citizens who like to certainly do the same thing every day, never try a new restaurant, but yep, um, yep. that's kind of that 1%. And so otherwise it's reasonably assumed, especially if you live in a city such as Portland, where I live, that has a lot of restaurants, is very famous for its restaurant scene. Yeah, we all like to try new restaurants. It's part of the reason we live here, right? Food in general, almost anything to do with food. Foodie. Okay. I see that one a lot. Foodie. Foodies, a foodie. Foodie's a big one. Hey, as it turns out, all you foodies out there, it's completely normal to like food. Um, so that doesn't say a whole lot about you when you claim that. Cooking is not, it's not necessarily a universal 
trait, but it's a very broad one. I'm going to talk about that next, actually. So cooking, there there could be an exception there, but there's still a lot of danger behind that one if it's not explained with a lot of precision. Hanging out with friends. Yeah. Hanging with friends. Who hang doesn't out, like to hang out with friends? Who doesn't like to hang out with friends? Music. Okay, anything to do with music. The exception there is probably if you play an instrument, that of course is a specific quality, but listening to music, exploring music, going to concerts, these are things that we all do. And and you have to ask yourself, when is the last time you met someone who didn't enjoy music in some form? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. You've literally never met that person, right? They, they don't exist. So right. same thing with movies, film. So we'll, we'll grant exception to those who studied filmography and are involved in production or have some kind of niche interest in it. But yeah, we all love movies, don't we? We all love Netflix, don't we? Netflix is a very big one, big thing listed in profiles. So let me, let me um, ask you this real quick before sure. we continue with the, all the generic traits. Mm-hmm. One thing that, that I have you know, what I do in the coaching program in terms of like hinge prompts and, and helping guys with their profiles is really my key word here. The secret sauce, I believe, and I'm curious what you think about this is specificity. Okay. So taking some of these generic things that we all like and making it specific, do you think that helps? And I'll give you some examples right now. Instead of saying, I like to go to live concerts, you say that you like to see, you know, live jazz every Thursday. That's not generic. Instead of saying, I like to try new restaurants, you can say, I'm always searching for the best sushi spot in any city I go to. You can probably even get more specific than that. You know, so just taking some of these generic things. So Netflix, right? You'd say every year I I binge Mad Men or whatever, you know, you're just getting specific on it. Does that help or is it still falling under the same categories generic? Well, it does, it does help actually. And that's kind of what you want to go for is specificity. You um, jazz, for instance, that's a subtype of music and it sounds a lot better than just you like music. You like going out to live shows, right? Without identifying what that means. Jazz is, yeah, it's that subtype. It's, it's certainly very cultured, right? And it implies that, well, there's a specific type of music you like. You know, jazz, or perhaps just extrapolating anyone looking at your profile can determine, okay, jazz. And then he probably likes things related to jazz, right? Anything in that family can probably appreciate blues, can probably appreciate swing, et cetera. So it does tell them that you have specific interests, which of course makes you interesting, right? So it, it makes it less generic. It makes it less generic. We have to debate, you know, how far each and every quality gets you. But yeah, that that's what we're going for here. Okay, we want that specificity. And so that that was actually that kind of goes into the next the next facet here. When it comes to generic traits, it's also possible for you to choose a trait which is technically not universal, right? It doesn't just apply to everyone, but it's by its very nature and the wording, it's so broad that it practically becomes universal because it doesn't indicate any of the specificity. So let me go into some examples there to kind of elucidate that one. Okay. Hiking. Okay. Hiking is a great example. In fact, here in Portland, Oregon, hiking is just one of the most commonly used terms in profiles. And, and 
if I swipe through women's profiles, I will in fact see a lot of sarcastic comments from them in their profiles. Let me guess, you like hiking, right? Women are are really tired of seeing that here. Now, it, it could it's it means something very different for someone who lives in New York City than Portland, Oregon. Okay, Portland, Oregon is a very nature centric city, so everyone loves hiking. It's practically assumed, but I mean, I would say in any city, even even off of that, it still sounds generic. Yeah, and so so why does it sound generic? I mean, is hiking not a valid? lifestyle choice, not a valid trait, not a valid hobby. Of, of course it is. But the term itself is problematic because of how broad that is. I've certainly had plenty of clients and met plenty of men who have claimed hiking. And what that means in the end is that they're walking up a grassy hill in, a, in an urban park and they call that hiking. And that's, they technically are hiking, I suppose. Okay, I don't quite know how you define that, but they're walking through nature. Yet, that does not differentiate you between a different type of hiker, such as myself, who will actually put on a backpack and spend days in the mountains, living out of a tent and can state their mileage, can state their elevation gain, obviously uh, more technically oriented to different types of hiking. It's more extreme. So I'm not here to rag on anyone and say one is valid and one is invalid. The problem is with the broad nature of the term. If you're going to use terms like hiking, she's still not learning anything about you necessarily. So that goes to that specificity, right? You have to be very specific with your terminology. I, for example, in my profile, I don't use the word hiking. But what I do talk about, as I say, Maybe the prompt is what's one of your favorite things or your favorite pastimes. I'm talking about backpacking in the Cascades. That way it's something very specific. And she has an idea that like, whoa, he actually named the mountain ranges, right? He's really into this and he's talking about backpacking. So I'm going to stay away from the broader terms such as hiking. Okay. Okay, cool. What are some other generic ones? Any others that you have to share? Sticking along the lines of just uh, a generic trait, but facet number two here is they might be too broad. Sports. Okay, simply the term sports, right? If you talk about how you like sports in your profile, what does that mean, right? Like, what does (laughs) that (laughs) No idea. It can mean so, it can mean a million different things. Playing it, watching it, talking about it. Yeah, there is a difference between someone who throws the frisbee around in the park and the other person who's running marathons, but both of them are technically sports. And so any broad category, like any broad term like this, it's not that it's invalid or it's it's not even that it's technically universal, but it's broad enough that it can encompass almost anything. And so that's one of those things that gets glossed over. Traveling is another very broad one, right? Traveling is a great thing. In fact, traveling makes you very interesting. But the term traveling itself can mean a lot of things. Again, I, I have these clients who say they they love traveling. When I get down to it and I really interview them, they're talking about, well, every now and then I drive a couple hours over to the state line or to the coast. I say, okay, I guess that's technically traveling. But on the other hand, you have people who are doing international trips, right? And they've been to multiple countries and they're 
they're deep within India, riding on the chicken buses with the locals, things like that. So I, I, again, I'm not going to invalidate anyone's lifestyle choice here, but if you're just going to use the word traveling, it's absolutely meaningless this day and age, because that can mean anything. That can mean you've never left the state, but you still technically are traveling because you made a short road trip a mm-hmm. couple hours away, right? Yeah. 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 So it, it's all about differentiation and being distinct and um, indicating to her what type of person you are, right? Who is she going out with? We want to paint a picture of who you are. And unfortunately, too many people are using these broad terms that it does not serve to do that. Your profile will not serve to do that if you're using the broad terms. If you want to get specific, let's not talk about sports. Let's talk about the sport that you love, right? If you're going to mention traveling, let's again, get specific favorite country you've been to, right? What, you know, or, or favorite destination for that matter. And by the way, the correct answer to that question is Vietnam, hands down, you know, what, whatever the case may be, get really specific with it. We were talking about food earlier, right? We we're talking mm-hmm. about cooking. Yeah. Cooking is a skill. A lot of uh, men don't have. And I, I think it's also broad enough. If you're going to go with cooking, get really specific. I will teach my clients if they must, if it really is a passion of theirs, they want to go with the food route. They need to identify like a specific cuisine, something they love to cook, a specific dish. Yes. Right. And that's because just talking about how you like cooking, that it's kind of generic. And um, I don't know, maybe one day that actually did mean something, but you have too many people claiming it now. Right. So would you say then the answer is, is specificity or do you have other words or such that you think are ones that work better than others or what's, what's your solution for this? Or, or are we pretty much just going over that right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to, you're going to use whatever's true to you. So everyone's answer is a little bit different, of course, yeah. because we all like different things. Yep. Um, specificity is the key here. Precision is the key here. If you're going to talk about cooking, I don't, I don't actually want to hear the word cooking or read the word cooking in the profile. And you probably don't want to talk about it too much in conversations for that matter either. What I do want you talking about is the specific thing you love cooking. I had a client who who talked about cooking and it turned out he he didn't really cook that much, but there was one thing he mastered and he can make creme brulee. And I thought, wow, that's really fascinating. That's actually very interesting. I had him talk about that. Okay. Cool. And yeah. so instead of him selling people on, I uh, love cooking, he just said, you know, I'm delving into the the wild world of French cuisine and I have a killer creme brulee made him interesting, right? Just by saying that. And then we got away from the genericness of it all. I love cooking, right? Instead, he cited something specific. Okay, I have an interest in French cuisine, right? And I have this specific dessert. Another client ended up going with, he actually has his own poblano pepper salsa that he made. So it's not just, I like, Mexican food. It's now he's, he's got a signature poblano pepper salsa, something he's just had a passion for and he's been perfecting and refining. And he was able to actually cite that in his profile. Right. So yeah, we do want to stick towards specificity, but everyone's answers are going to be a little bit different there. Okay. So it's not that there's one answer that works best for everyone. You have to ask yourself, well, what do you actually like doing? Go through the checklists here. Is this universal? Okay. Movies, music, things like that are universal. Okay. It's no good. Get specific. Is it too broad? You may have a valid interest in hiking or sports, 
But if that's not descriptive enough, again, think about how can you make that specific? What sports do you like? What type of hiker are you? Where are the countries or the destinations you love going to? You don't need to list them all, but maybe just an example of a favorite, something you have a, a passion for, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I like it. I like it. Very cool. Yeah. Guys, listen to this. Eric knows what he's talking about. He has studied this. He has implemented it not only for himself, but with hundreds and hundreds of clients, especially with the ones that we work with here today in the TripAdvice Accelerator coaching program. We do help with that. We will literally write your profile for you based on the things that you like, the things that you do, and make it sound amazing. But Eric, do you have any other tips for these guys if they're trying to make their profile as best as possible when it comes to their bio? Yeah, absolutely. So... The big thesis here is that generic traits are extremely dangerous. And I'm not kidding when probably 80 to 90% of people have them in there by default because they, they just don't know, right? So another thing you need to think about here when writing the profile, we've obviously spoken a lot about being too generic. You also need to be aware of a type of trait which will, I, I say it's it's marketed to be true no matter what, whether it's true or not. So this needs some explanation here. Okay. There are certain things people are going to say because they look good, even if they're not true, or it can assume to be true simply because if it's not true, you're not going to make the claim that it's not true. An example would be open-minded. Okay. That's, mm. that's another one I see a lot. Lo- you know, open-minded person, very positive person, right? Loves to explore. I, I want you to ask yourself this trip. When's the last time you ever saw someone who claimed they were closed-minded or they were very negative? I think literally never once. That's right. Never once because that would look terrible, of course. We all know that it's desirable to be open-minded, to be positive, to be happy, etc., So if you're making any of these claims, you have to ask yourself, well, wait a minute, wouldn't this be a claim that everyone makes? The truth is there are closed-minded people. There are very negative people. But if you're one of those people, you're probably also smart enough to know not to say that. So you're still going to state that you're (laughs) open-minded and positive anyway, right? No one's going to go ahead and, and talk about their prejudices or their unhappiness or any of the negative qualities Consequently, when women are coming across these profiles and they see these traits, again, it's still not really indicating anything about you simply because everyone is going to make those claims even when they're not true, right? Yep, exactly. So that's another danger. So so in regards to generic traits, look out for that one too, okay? Look out kind of for that third facet there. And that's that's terms that are marketed to be true whether they are true or not. Um, right. So just these like qualities that describe you that I almost call it like a cold read. I, I think we've talked about this on, on one of our past episodes, the cold read. <laughs> it's something that you can describe anyone, right? It's like, you can yeah. say to a girl, like, you know, I bet you, you're probably really open-minded, aren't you? And they're going to be like, yeah, how did you know? You know? So right. any right. of those kind of cold reads where it's at a, it applies to everyone, maybe fun to say in conversation and, and, you know, use this kind of cold read on a woman, but that's something totally separate. But putting these in your profiles, you're saying right. is, can be disastrous. That's right. And m- most common ones I see there are open-minded, positive, loves to try new things, loves to explore new places. 
you know, again, it's just, it's so ambiguous and everyone is going to state that even for people who hate exploring new places or hate, no one is going to say, I hate trying new things. Right. Right. So unfortunately these words are meaningless in a profile. So we're, we're talking about using precision here to kind of defeat this, this process. Okay. That a lot of people want to default to. And when I've actually asked some of the men, Hey, why, why is your profile written this way? You know, I've explained to them the danger of generic traits and how they're just chock full of them. I asked them like, why don't you get more specific? Why don't you talk about the sports that you actually love instead of just sports and open to trying new things? A lot of them tell me, well, it's because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to polarize anyone too much, right? You know, mm. if I get too specific, that means only the women who like those specific things are going to want to reach out to me and I want to net more women. The truth is you actually want to do the exact opposite of that. You do want to polarize yes. in your profile. Yes. And so I, th- I think a lot of men out there who are struggling with online dating maybe have this very incorrect assumption that you're supposed to be safe, right? You're supposed to use very broad terms so you're safe and everyone can basically identify with you. And they're failing to realize your profile looks like everyone else's profile. Right. Like you're trying to catch a wider net, but it really catches nothing. So (laughs) then it goes against exactly what you've been trying to do. That's right. That's right. There's nothing that makes you stand out and there's nothing in there that makes you well-defined Right. And there's just no reason why she should pay any intrigue to you if you don't have that. It, it's, it's just really interesting because sometimes I, I really have to argue with a, occasional clients on this stuff where they're like, no, no, I can't talk about jujitsu. That's too specific. Right. That's just, that's me trying too hard. Somehow I thought, how's that trying too hard? That's, you actually do jujitsu. That's part of who you are. Why wouldn't you talk about that? Instead, what you're talking about is you like sports in general. And then when you do talk about the sports you love, it seems very vague and weak because um, the question being, why didn't you just talk about that specific thing you love to begin with? Right. Right. If you truly were this passionate person, that probably would have come out on the forefront. Right. Also would be nice if they liked you for some of those more specific things. Right. It's like, you want to find that match anyways. If you, if there's a woman out there who doesn't want to be with someone who likes to do jujitsu or fighting of any type, well, eventually it's not going to work out. So probably good to be filtering for that off the, you know, off the bat. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just a game of, of quantity here. It's one of quality, right? You do want to find people who have similar interests to you. And another thing I, I teach clients, you know, get on the date, right? Let's, let's make this process effective for getting on the date. And if it turns out you guys really just cannot reconcile your differences Oh, you like jujitsu. She likes Shorin Ru. That's oh, just not going to work, you know, completely incompatible for whatever reason. I'm being facetious a little bit, of course. At least you got on the date with her, though. You got on the date, you gave it a shot, you had fun, and there was a chance that maybe that wasn't a big deal and you did get a continued relationship. And worst case scenario is you say, hey, it turns out, you know, we're just, we're not the good fit for each other, but it was really nice meeting you. And that is way better than just not going on dates to begin with because the the women are just filtering past you, right? Because you were just so generic. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Eric, good stuff today. This is this is very helpful. Thank you. And also just very interesting. And of course, it, it definitely made me laugh uh, just hearing about, you know, some of the generic stuff. Not laughing at people who are using it. Uh, just it's just funny, you know, because 
sometimes we don't think about it. We don't realize that the things that we put on our profile are going to be that common or just that, as you're saying, generic that people are going to, or women in this case, are going to be looking past it. So, so yeah, Eric, thanks for coming on and, and teaching us some of this stuff. I look forward to our next talk next month. We'll, we'll keep diving into good practical tips. And uh, any last words from me, Eric? Yep. I will just say, um, don't, don't play it safe. Okay. Put yourself out there. You need to stand out. You need to be well-defined with your passions and your interests. You need to be very specific and don't, don't be afraid to polarize. Okay. You, you kind of want that. You really do. So I'll leave it at that. Cool. Thanks so much. Thanks everyone for listening. Make those changes in your profile if you haven't already, and we'll talk to you soon.